Welcome, Luminous Writers, to the Write, Publish, and Shine podcast. I am your host, author, and literary magazine editor, Rachel Thompson. This podcast explores how to write and share your brilliant writing with the world. In each episode, we delve into specifics on how to polish and prepare your writing for publication and the journey from emerging writer to published author. Hello, and welcome back to the Write, Publish, and Shine podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Thompson. How is your September going so far? You may have noticed that this podcast has been on hiatus. It's back now after a lengthier summer break. My September has been wildly busy, but I'm cultivating my chill as I work with writers and my membership community, which, by the way, is only open for registration for a few more days as of this recording, and I'm working on my own writing too, of course. I use the word chill to say I'm cultivating my chill because it's resonant as both the title of the project my guest Karina Coop created, Chill Subs, and the way she clearly is someone great at being both very chill and very busy. In this episode, I'm most impressed by her care for writers and her willingness to be frank, honest, and transparent about how hard it is to submit to journals. No one knows what they're doing, really, is what she says, which is somehow reassuring to all of us as we hear that. Chill Subs is making the submissions process much easier and less stressful. That's the mission statement on this database of places to send your writing. And I should say it started as a database of places to send your writing, but it's already growing into a much bigger resource for writers. So listen in to my conversation with Karina Cup. Thank you, Karina Cup, for being on the Write, Publish, and Shine podcast. Happy to be here. I want to kind of jump into the idea that a lot of writers build spreadsheets for submissions. In fact, it's something I teach people in one of my courses about getting published is like, okay, now time to build your own spreadsheet. What I love is that you took it a step further <laughs> and you made it into a database that you wanted to share with writers in your community. You set out to make something that is often really stressful because that's also what I hear from writers. It's really stressful to do that research, to find those places. It's just also just a lot of labor, but you set out to make it really chill. And I wonder why it was important for you to make it chill. Really? It's just because I hate all the official stuff. It's like when someone tries to present something as, okay, this is how you should do it. This is the list. This is what you should do. No one knows what they're doing, really. And I like this honesty in presenting that. That, okay, just like you, I don't know what I'm doing. So <laughs> this website is just this attempt to do something chill and to do something well, to try and submit, but it's not saying that I'm sure in something. That's the definite way of doing it. It's anti-official. It's not something that guy in suit does something. Yeah, it's just really important to me to seem more like a friend or someone you would discuss this over a cup of coffee or beer, not something serious. Because it's already quite stressful, <laughs> even without presenting it as something official. So, yeah, removing this element is definitely a way for it to be more chill. <laughs> it strikes me that, like, often when I start working with writers who are just starting to send out submissions, they have places in mind that are like, 
these are the places I need to publish in order to be a legitimate writer. And they're listening to some kind of official establishment version of what it means to be a writer. So I really appreciate the idea that it's like, hey, yeah, we're just all kind of figuring this out. And it's not so clear cut and dry and that there aren't official places to send work to, or there are different qualities. And we're going to talk about the categories that you have in chill subs and why you have those categories. Is that a myth that you're familiar with the idea that, Oh, well, these are the places I need to publish my work. If I'm going to be a real writer. I think so. Yeah. There are all these places that are constantly mentioned in different articles, like all the famous places that you should be published in, but it really doesn't work that way most of the time because a lot of people start with small magazines. And to actually start with the smaller magazines, you have to know about them. And this is something I really appreciate about what we have in Chillsaps right now is that a lot of smaller magazines are on there. Someone who is just starting out and welcoming a lot of new writers. Are there other myths that you're hoping to debunk with Chillsaps? I'm not sure. I know a lot of <laughs> myths. I mean, you're already touching on one, the idea that you don't start with the top journals, but that you can find a home in smaller places and learn more about submissions and your own writing. Yeah, this goes along with the like, smaller, bigger magazines. Is I think not a lot of people realize that this, probably the promotion element, and that sometimes, and most of the times, the smaller magazine will promote even more because they have this capacity to talk to their readers and to like hype someone up, share your publications. And with probably bigger magazines, this initial hype of this is yeah big, obviously, like, oh, I've been published in this big name. But later, probably it doesn't give you as much involvement with the magazine and no one shouts up from the rooftop yeah, this is a writer, because they have a lot of writers. Probably small magazines give you this treatment that, yeah, people should know about that. Yeah, I love that attention to the smaller magazines. One thing you mentioned when you were kindly a guest in the Lit Mag Love course community is that your long-term goal is to merge all the steps involved in researching, tracking, and submitting to Lit Mags. What was in your view, flawed about the current tools and resources that writers have and made you want to build something different? Yeah, as I told, I don't understand why like Submittable and Dotrope are two different websites. Because if you go to look up the statistics at one website and then you go and actually submit at another website, I know Dotrope has Dotrope, but yeah, for some reason it's not that popular. I love having it all in one place. And while well, I know that I... I guess I have the skill set to do it all in one place. And I also mentioned, yeah, that like from the developer perspective, I quite like it's submittable because it has quite clear interface. It looks nice, honestly. So it's quite convenient to use it probably. But I think it lacks a lot of what writers want to see there. Probably some more encouragement, more tips. I think it could be more more inviting, more encouraging removing some of the stress of the submitting because when you see the submit button, you're terrified because of <laughs> I need to press it. And yeah, so if there were some probably little boxes with messages, like, you're doing all right, this is how we should do it. It's okay, like 
little examples of stuff that you need to do. Probably like Kabbalata examples. Like when you're submitting for the first time, you have no idea what to write there. And if there was a little example of probably maybe even templates or something that would make this process easy and less stressful, that would, yeah, that would be nice. Or like little things like, yeah, as I said, like Submittable doesn't save your bio. And it would be nice to have that because like not to try and remember who you, who you are every single time, just let it be there. And if you want to edit it, then you go and make changes. But I think it's all right as a whole, but it could benefit from just the little things that makes it a little bit nicer. Yeah, you get the sense with Submittable and I have a long history with them from the other side too, as part of Room Magazine, that we're not necessarily their core audience. Like they do submissions for other products and maybe starving writers aren't really like <laughs> the people that they figure they can monetize things from as much. I think they do things for film festivals and places like that. And then on the back end as a magazine, also we're just sort of adapting our processes to fit their tool versus them making it work for us, if that makes sense. Like often we just sort of lament, oh, they, and they just even made some changes where we can't use the process that we've been using for some time to mark things as, like for us, we're a Canadian publication. It's really important that it be able to differentiate between the submissions that come from Canada and come from outside of Canada. You cannot do that in Submittable, and we were manually doing it, and then they changed things so that we can't do it the way that we were doing it. So, yeah, I mean, that's sort of my little, one of my complaints maybe about Submittable is that it just isn't, it isn't responsive in the way that you're saying. Yeah, because they support many different categories of submissions. It's not just for literal world anymore. I think they started as something for submissions because I read some press releases and it was just some writers who started it too and they wanted to replace email and they wanted to make this process easier and I think that's where they started but it was like 10 years ago probably and yeah since then they developed it to something universal probably. Submittable which was sub mishmash at the time it started a little bit more chill in its approach maybe it had a cute name but we did change from email submissions to that. An email submission was obviously worse as a system, so it's always better. We're moving in the right direction, but I love what you're doing and your vision. One of the things I guess I really love about it is the feeling side of it too. Like you're saying, oh, you know, when you're about to submit work, what if it told you, yeah, here's some examples of cover letters that are effective. Here's some advice about that. You're doing great or making suggestions about it. I mean, grammar suggestions would be really appreciated, I'm sure, from a lot of people who lament the fact that they made a typo as they were submitting. Surely, yeah. So to make it more convenient and less scary. <laughs> yeah, and there are just a lot of feelings involved in submitting to lit mags. It's a really vulnerable thing. What are things that, I guess, you envision for this project to make it more chill. You mentioned a couple already. And then what do you do to make things just more chill for yourself as a writer too, in all the kind of fraughtness of submitting? Yeah, I think I'll start with the last one. What makes me chill? Just honestly, this space, I don't submit a lot right now. I didn't submit a lot even before chill stops because I'm not the type of person who submits like 10 times a day. <laughs> it's like I submitted once and oof, that's enough. I won't touch it for another week or months. <laughs> 
but yeah, now I don't even have time for that most of the time. So like whenever I get some free time, I do music because that's what I think I do more than writing. But what gives me hope and what makes me more relaxed is just seeing this website, especially now after like the last week's release that people have profiles there. And it's just slowly going into something that I always wanted to have as a creative person. Some community that you go to the website and you see actual people there and people promote their work. So you can just go to this tab and read what they have published. And also there is a tab services now where people can promote their services and you go there and you can find an editor you can find someone who will design the book for you. At the same time, all the previous stuff that you can find magazines, now you can find presses and contests and all the other opportunities. Like you come into this space and you know that you can find both the opportunities to like get published and grow as a writer. And you can also connect with someone, like you can find people in your country. And in future, I want to add surely some other ways to find people, probably add your like interests or your goals, what you want to do. And I'm a fan of building communities and all this stuff. So if this succeeds in probably, I don't know, creating some writing groups or making events, yeah, events is another area I want to work on. So adding events and workshops and courses yeah just make it a one place where people can come and advance their career like this loud word and uh, hang out with people at the same time that's what makes me more relaxed and that i know that there is a space that's welcoming and encouraging and that there are people there <laughs> as opposed to having some faceless tools I love to have personality injected into everything I do. So I think, yeah, that's nice. So definitely this will be expanding on the profiles functionality, adding more categories of works and services that people provide so they can customize their profiles more and more at that different side. Probably like give them the option to make it the own like website if it makes sense because a lot of people want to have their own website but they don't necessarily know how to do it or they don't have the money to ask someone to do it and i want to be this profile page as something as an alternative to your website yeah in some ways this is like really a consolidation of everything you need as a writer. It's brilliant. I can see a future where editors are like, well, what's their chill subs profile showing? <laughs> and we go over there and check it out. Yeah, we already have that, but it's obviously just foundation for it. And I'm like expanding, expanding it. And also, as I said, events and workshops. And there is a calendar feature right now that tells you all the different deadlines for submissions and it begs to have events as well so in like in future you would be able to open this calendar and see both submission calendars and all the events and people will be able to create their own events hopefully and all the stuff yeah and we'll have job boards because why not people like magazines constantly hire and people search for these positions and honestly like the whole plan for development and expanding the website is already like in half a year already every little step is already scheduled oh that's brilliant 
I just wholly endorse that. I've come at this from some of what you do from a different direction in terms of building the community around submitting to LitMags and building like the course and membership community that I have. So I'm really excited to see the future developments for chill subs. I guess just getting back to the database of publications that you currently have, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the categories you created for each LitMag and why you chose those categories? It actually was some of the initial ideas. When I was thinking about transitioning from the spreadsheet to this website, I was like, oh, it could have all these like moods and vibes and people could search for something because I'm not a serious writer most of the time. Whenever I write something, it's some <laughs> really just fun nonsense that I came up with. So I wanted to have this filter that would show me all the magazines, like send us something weird. So that was the initial idea. Then I sat down and tried to, okay, if I have this swipe, then I need some other options for normal people who want to submit serious <laughs> things. So I think, yeah, I came up with a few more. It, it had initially it had very impressive, very not fast, like Paris Review. And then it had like Sanity of Fucking Worst. And then it had We're Just Chilling Here, like someone that doesn't explicitly say that they want your worst, but someone who rather doesn't care if you send them your worst or your best, they just send us everything. So that's the idea behind We're Just Chilling Here. And then there were all the other magazines who are not very severe, but still want your best work. Makes sense. So the biggest category was like send us your best, but less intimidating. So people could come there and, okay, I have a normal poem. It, it looks good to me, but it's still like not Paris review level. So this is where I can send this. And then people suggested two other vibes that was like weird outsider things. For example, I know some goth poems or something that's completely cross-gender. So that's where it goes. And also people suggested a transition vibe from send us your best but less intimidating to very impressive, very not fast. It was like almost top tire, is it called? Something like that. Because there are some places that are still not like the, the very highest, but they're kind of intimidating <laughs> and they're kind of cool. So this is like something that you would go from after you submitted to like a bit smaller magazines, this is where you go in places that are kind of cool. Yeah, they're like the top tier, but not the top tier supernova famous places. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I love all those vibes. The writing coach in me wants to object to your qualifications about your own writing and say, no, you are a writer and writing weird stuff is totally okay too. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to... Um, also ask you about your music and I'm wondering how does music impact your poetry and other creative writing? Is there, do you find there's a relationship between them at all? Yeah, I think for sure, because apart from writing poems when I was like six at school, I was writing poems about my teachers and holidays. I remember like my family asked me to buy like birthday cards with, you know, how a lot of birthday cards already have some texts and wishes in them and I always bought empty cards because I wanted to put my words there and I always made it a little poem somehow but for the serious writing when I actually came back to it later it was only after I started writing music and 
writing lyrics because I think, yeah, that was the initial serious thing that I did. I wrote lyrics and for the music. This is what started the process. Like if I didn't start writing music, probably I wouldn't come back to writing poems. So that can be the connection. <laughs> Do you go in and out of music and poetry then? Like what does your writing practice look like? Honestly, I don't know. Right now I'm like 100% music because, yeah, as I said, whenever I have time, I just go to music immediately. But yeah, it's probably because like last year, I almost have had this like experiment where I wrote every day. Every day in the morning, I sat down and wrote something for two, three hours, I think. And this lasted for, I think, half a year a little bit less, maybe five months. So every day I sat down and wrote something. This was really intense, but it obviously gave me a lot more work than I ever wrote before. But then for the second half of the year, I was still writing, but a little bit more chill without the strict deadlines and any rules. And then when I started chill subs, I just stopped because I really don't have time, I think. And yeah, so... Whenever I have time, I switch to music because I think that's just easier because I just do it subconsciously. I pick up my guitar and I just play and I don't have to think about what I actually have to do. I'm interrupting my conversation with Karina Koop to ask you if you're looking for a vibe that is warm and creative where you can learn and grow as a writer. If you are, registration is currently open for my Writerly Love community. This is a warm, inclusive, and supportive place for creative writers to get together, learn about writing, and grow a luminous writing career. I'd love to have you join the Writerly Love membership community. If you're interested, registration officially opened just this one time in 2022. It's closing at the end of this month, and that's going to be it until 2023. So you can learn more and join at rachelthompson.co slash join. That's for Writerly Love, the membership community, rachelthompson.co slash join. When we first connected, you dropped me a line because I put that I'm an INFP in the Myers-Briggs system in my profile. And you said, me too. So I just wondered what you think, or if you think that we have a superpower as introverts of this particular persuasion in the Myers-Briggs system as INFPs. I never thought about it. It's just like... I once took the test and I was like, yeah, that's who I am pretty much it. <laughs> uh, but I never thought about like the persuasion part of it. What do you think comes with it? I remember reading a profile, now I'm going to misquote it, but it said something about we keep our soft side on the inside. It's sort of like it's a little hidden quality of our nature. And also reading it and thinking, oh yeah, that kind of describes how we want to bring the light out of other people, which is I think a bit of what I'm doing with my writing community and courses and definitely sounds like what you're doing in terms of, oh, this isn't just a database. This is a community. This is events. This is sort of all these places to let other people shine, which I really resonate with too. I vibe with, let's put it that way, <laughs> using your, your language of your, <laughs> your site. Yeah, I think I agree. Like to bring all the softness and probably vulnerability to it because I'm not 100% sure about what I'm doing and I want to bring this uncertainty and share it with people. Like, that's still okay. I remember two years ago, I was working in a startup 
And like there were two founders who, like since I'm a software developer, they like gave me the work and said, will it be possible for you to do this in three months? And this was like the first time someone offered me this project outside my main job. And I was like, well, of course I'll do it. Like, <laughs> like this is a big project and I want to do it. So I took the responsibility to create quite complex like system and website in three months. And closer to this, I realized that uh, nah, it's just taken a lot more time and the deadline is to close and I'm nowhere near. And I was so horrified about this whole experience. But like at one point, someone clicked in me and I realized that the only way to go and to like talk to someone is from this point of softness and vulnerability. And I just send them a really long message with all my feelings and <laughs> how I'm afraid to let them down and that I'm working really hard and this is what I feel, this is what it will look like. There was a lot of honesty in that. And yeah, I was honestly scared, but then they replied that it's like one of the best messages they received. And it was really good to see someone like honestly talking about their feelings and about this whole process. And I honestly think that this is our superpower here to just don't try and hide behind this serious facade. I know, I'm sure, and I'm not afraid of anything. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm terrified of everything. I'm terrified of living. I'm terrified of dying. I'm terrified of <laughs> working. And I think, yeah, just the best way to do it is to just constantly talk to people. I love that story about how it was received too, that people just do kind of love that kind of vulnerability and honesty. And I think more and more even, I'm starting to kind of look around and go, is everyone becoming an introvert? Like people are talking about their feelings a lot more post-pandemic, I guess. And like, there's more honesty about stuff. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. We had a lot of time to reflect <laughs> on everything. And I especially agree with that when it comes to submitting to Lit Mags, because it can feel so intimidating and like everyone else has got it figured out more than me. And people are posting their submission wins, but not all the stuff that goes behind, you know, all the losses and the sadness and the jealousy and all the other feelings that can happen related to submitting lip mix. Yeah, it's definitely one of the ways I want to handle, especially when we have the submission manager and things like that, is to just make people feel more okay about rejection. So to somehow work in these ways that Injection is okay. It's like totally part of the process. And yeah, by the way, I now teamed up with Benjamin Davis. He's now the writer and uh, like he'll be helping me out with content and uh, some other ideas. He, he's got lots of ideas. And so we're now working together on this. And uh, he also suggested having this submission bin like rejection bingo to have something up there and whenever writer receives like, oh, sorry, but yeah, we, we weren't weird, but this wasn't actually our kind of weird, so we're going to pass. And every time the writer receives like this rejection, the submission video pops up and he, oh, I got that. <laughs> and he marks this and it's just like some ways to make it seem less, to make it a part of the fun. So I think it's a good idea. Anything that can make rejection more playful is... Awesome. I love that idea. Bingo. So I'm going to ask you some questions from our quick lit round. 
or sorry, it's not questions per se, but I want you to finish the sentences if you're game. So the first sentence starts, being a writer is... Honestly, the first thing I thought about it is scary. <laughs> being a writer is scary. <laughs> but my second thought is, I think being a writer is, is writing. <laughs> because a lot of people don't realize that, oh, to be a writer, I actually need to, I don't know, have publications and to have like these awards or something. But no, like if you write anything, you're a writer. To be a writer is writing. Like if you write like a little poem, like 10 years ago, you're a writer. That's fine. I love that. That's great. <laughs> it's existentialist. <laughs> it's like writers write. Literary magazines are? Awesome. <laughs> That's honestly what I've learned because, as I said in the course, just making this project made me realize that all these literary magazines are not some faceless entities that you don't know anything about. We have a suggestion form right on our website, so a lot of editors come and add the info for their magazines. And, well, just discussing all that and being a part of this common space right now, I realize that every single one of these magazines is people behind them. And there is someone like us, writers, who also submit to different places. And it's really just a lot of these magazines are just one person doing something. And it's a lot of work. And I realized this is like for most part of this whole project, I was alone here. And yeah, it takes a lot of work. And when you're a writer yourself, and you do submit to places. And at the same time, you create the space for writers to send their work and to offer them a home for what they write. That's great. <laughs> I think I don't want to literally magazine is something. I don't want to define them in any way because, well, we all know definitions. I think I just wanted to say something like a thank you to them. So yeah, that's that. I know a lot of editors are going to feel seen by that answer. So thank you. <laughs> and this is one I ask more for editors, but I'll ask you too in the context of your own writing, but editing requires. I don't know. I think maybe two things, <laughs> patience and kindness, probably. Yeah. Patience, because you have to go through, I think, yeah, hundreds and thousands of submissions. And I imagine that even though the guidelines are right there on the website, I hear a lot of stories that a lot of the time editors receive something that completely doesn't align with the rules that they have there. So I imagine that they go through a lot. So, yeah, there is patience and, well, yeah, kindness is... Yeah, just to know that all your acceptances and rejections have this effect on people's mental health. I think that sometimes it takes one rejection for someone to stop doing that. And probably yeah, you have to realize that your rejections have to be kind and encouraging to make sure that the person won't abandon this whole activity and will come back with another story. So true. Thank you. And then related to that, actually, rejection for a writer means? I can't speak on behalf of all writers. I can speak only on behalf of myself, but I already have the healthy approach to this. Maybe not all writers do. <laughs> so yeah, rejection is another attempt, another try. It doesn't really mean anything to me. It's just, okay, now 
I'm going to another place or I'm picking up another story and sending you <laughs> another story. It's just another try, really. And among like thousands and millions of the attempts that you're going to make, both as a writer and as a human being, it's just we try so many things so many times that all the attempts, I think they should lose their scary and like saddening feel to it because it's really not a big deal. Even when it feels like it, it's almost never a big deal. <laughs> Last one is writing community is. Oh my God. I already said awesome. I need to. <laughs> <laughs> I need to think of another word. Writing community is. Well, I think it would make sense to say that it's underdeveloped because Otherwise, like my functions here would lose <laughs> their purpose. <laughs> yeah, I honestly think we, we can go far than, than what we already have. I think not only in writing community, but I think the whole process of meeting people and creating communities is really not perfect right now. Because as I said, probably we have Tinder for dating and something like this, but when you want to make friends or when you want to collab with someone, like when you have this specific purpose, yeah, I think probably for friends and networking. So if you want to collaborate with someone, I don't think we have enough tools for this. For example, we have this like Tinder-based apps, like probably Bumble has a friends and, and networking tabs, but I don't like that a lot of this is like based on your photo and something like this and nothing else. You can't get to know a person just based on a photo. It doesn't work like this. So I really want to create more tools, more ways for writers, for other creatives, for non-writers, for other people to connect with someone and to find exactly the person who will be right for you to work on your next book or create some new project or just simply meet up and chat. Yeah, so I think there are more ways in which writing community can be like improved and developed. Apart from that, it's really welcoming. <laughs> I was honestly so surprised that the whole project really blew up so fast. <laughs> it was like four months ago or five that I shared it with people. And I really didn't imagine that writing community on Twitter is so freaking big. I just posted something and I had 3,000 followers in three days, maybe. I posted it on Thursday and by Sunday with 3,000 followers. And it's just, yeah, it's insane. And, and it continues to grow and there are so many people. That what surprised me, I think. Yeah, it really picked up because I've actually been on a social media hiatus since January. I have literally not been on Twitter, but Every time I offer the Lit Mag Love course, or we've had just multiple people come and say, has anyone heard of Chill Subs? You got to check it out. So it's just like, you know, everyone knows about it and the word is spreading. People are want to share it with other people too. It's really fun. There are so many stories, like for example, maybe two months ago, an 85 year old woman sent me an email saying about how she uses Chill Subs and how it's like helping her in so many ways. And I was like, oh man, this is a peak of my career. <laughs> like so many people know about that. And also some teacher from the university uh, shared how 
the students' preference to chill subs in one of the like, university works. So it's like it's used in official papers right now. <laughs> so many great stories. And just the beginning, too. So this is so wonderful, Karina. I'm with all those writers very excited about the project already. And then when I hear where it's going, I'm like triply excited. So thank you so much for engaging in community and wanting to make it better, too. Like, I really, you know, believe in the power of the writing community. I think it is an amazing place that we have already. And then the fact that you want to make it better is I'm all on board for that too. That's great. Thank you. I'm honestly, I just want to make a space where I'm comfortable spending time in probably. I've never had this place and it's always been in my head somewhere. And now I'm manifesting it somehow. It's really, it's really nice to see it transforming into the space that I like to be in. I think like in future, I want to be it, not just for writers, but for the whole creative community as a whole to have like obviously make it kind of a separate website probably like subdomains maybe like writing to subscom or like music to subscom and something like this because as a musician I also imagine ways and like data set that can be used for musicians too. So yeah obviously not right now because we have already quite a lot of stuff in our plate but that's one of the ways it will be developed for sure. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Yeah, thank you for inviting me here. As I said, it's really nice to see faces. <laughs> and yeah, not just like, uh, honestly, like a lot of the times I prefer texting because talking is scary, but <laughs> with the right people, talking can be really fun. And just to give you an idea that there are so many people here and they are actually real and they have, their thoughts. <laughs> so yeah, it was nice to meet you. So that was my conversation with Karina Cup of Chill Subs. What's your vibe like right now? I feel like asking, maybe you're just chilling here, or maybe you want to be more chill about submissions and get over the exhaustion and overwhelm you feel when researching and sending out your work. I am clearly a chill subs evangelist. I'm just a fan who stumbled upon them by accident one day and really also enjoyed this conversation with Karina Cup to learn more about what chill subs is all about. You can check them out at chillsubs.com. You don't need to be an INFP like us to benefit, but I suspect a lot of you listening are in that small 5% of the population. So again, that's chillsubs.com to find out more about the project. Registration closes very soon for my Readerly Love community, this warm, inclusive, and supportive membership community for creative writers lets us get together. You'll learn about writing and building a platform, and you will grow a luminous writing career. If you're ready for all of that, please go immediately to rachelthompson.co slash join as registration closes very soon. The Write, Publish, and Shine podcast is brought to you by me, Rachel Thompson. You can learn more about the work I do to help writers write, publish, and shine at rachelthompson.co, including learning about the very short-term window left open for registering for my membership community, which you can find out all about at rachelthompson.co slash join. If this episode encouraged you to do some research on the vibe of places where you want to submit your work, I would love to hear from you. 
You can always reach me by email at hello at rachelthompson.co. Yes, still on a social media hiatus, which may have to do with some of my chill right now, to be honest. And you can tell other Luminous writers about this episode. You can do this by sending them to the podcast at rachelthompson.co slash podcast or searching for Write, Publish, and Shine wherever they get their podcasts. Thank you for listening. I encourage you to keep writing luminously and submitting your work based on the vibe of the place where you're sending your writing. My guest spoke to me today from Poland, and I am a guest in the South Sinai, Egypt, on lands historically and presently occupied by the Altira Bean Bedouin 